Good morning, everybody. As y'all know, I am your host, Richard Powell. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Alumni Sports. This is the Sweet 16 edition. How sweet it is, we've made it this far, but how unsweet, just like some unsweet tea, how the brackets have all been spoiled. So I know for me and for like a lot of other people, I should say, uh, we didn't expect number one seed to lose again like UVA did five years ago. Speaking of UVA, lost to Furman, a lot of upsets. You know it's going to happen, but it always happens when you literally think the team that should win, the higher seed, is going to be a team that has no reason to even be in the game for them. So as I alluded to, Purdue lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. Now for Fairleigh Dickinson, their coach, Todd, Todd, I got, I mean, I got to look in this stuff. Todd Anderson. He was a D3 coach, a D2 coach, and his first year fairly turned a four-win team into a 20-plus game winning team. Obviously, they ended up losing to FAU. FAU's now in the Sweet 16. He took a position at Iona. Iona, former Rick Bettino uh, coach, then went to St. John's. Ed Cooley, a former Providence coach, is now moving to Georgetown after Patrick Ewing was fired. So a lot of changes happening. And I, you know, for all the, oh, Tobin Anderson. Sorry, y'all. It's not Todd. Tobin Anderson. I'm sorry. I didn't even know what Fairleigh Dickinson was. I think it's North New Jersey. But with March Madness, you start. You know, thinking about or not thinking, but finding out teams such as St. Peter's last year. But for Tobin, coming from the D3 ranks, D2 ranks, multiple years and upstate, and also it's one year in Division One. He's making a big upgrade. So congrats to him. And uh, you know, obviously for the coaches that I already mentioned, just a handful. But yeah, a lot of uh, obviously a lot of upsets. Now when it comes to brackets, my bracket's pretty pretty washed. Um, I don't know if, if you know, for the people tuning in, if they partook into the Brackets Challenge, you had quite a few people partake. I'm definitely not winning the pot, to say the least. Uh, but, I mean, you're talking to the guy that had UVA in the Sweet 16, Arizona in the Elite Eight, Duke Final Four. It goes on and on. So, it's not happening. But Alabama, I have winning. So, I have that in my back pocket unless something happens. But let's go ahead and talk about the Sweet 16 matchups coming up. This win starts getting real good and interesting. As we already know, you know, first and second round is over with. So now March 23rd, so today is Wednesday, March 22nd. So Thursday, March 23rd of this year, obviously. The first games will be number seven, Michigan State, versus number three, Kansas State. So for me in my bracket, I didn't even have Kansas State, uh, or I didn't even have Michigan State. Matter of fact, coming out versus Southern Cal, obviously, obviously they're making me look bad. They ended up beating Marquette, who was a two seed, and now they're in the Sweet 16. So it is a Tom Izzo-led team. Now, earlier in the year, Michigan State seemed a little inconsistent, but Tom Izzo is at the helm, so I was going to keep that in credit. I obviously didn't at this point in time, but it's a lot easier saying that now that the results are out, that they're in the Sweet 16. But... Number three, Kansas State, very good team, very tough team. Keontae Johnson, leading guy for the team. 
for the people that don't know about his story, about two years ago, I think it was about two years ago, he collapsed on the court when he played for Florida, had a heart issue after the whole entire year, other year, and then he's back now at Kansas State. So that would be a good game at 6.30. I do have on my bracket, and internally, I did have Kansas State. Um, well, I did have Kansas State in Sweet 16, but it's supposed to be against Marquette, and I would have had a Marquette move forward. But I think in this matchup, Kansas State should go to lead eight. Again, this is my theory. And obviously – in March Madness, uh, the unusual things happen. Now, next we got number eight, Arkansas, versus number four, UConn. So UConn is a Dan Hurley-led team. They are actually looking pretty strong. I had Iona beating them. That was my one upset team to make it to Sweet 16, led by Rick Pitino at the time. Obviously didn't happen, but uh, UConn, but Arkansas is pretty hot. Back-to-back years, Arkansas has made it to Sweet 16. And for them, you know, all the, you know, they upset Kansas, so all the momentum's on their side, I would say, versus UConn not having to play a number one team. And usually how the bracket works, at least for seeding um, terms, the number one team usually has the easier way, easier path. You know, they play the number one, plays the 16, then the eight or nine winner in the second round. So Arkansas, like Eric Musselman, Guy took a shirt off after the win, started chanting all the chants they say. I think it's Woo Pig Sui. Somebody correct me and let me know, but I think it's, I think it's what they say. So should join uh, John Daly and the boys on that one. But uh, they're hyped going in this game, so we'll see what happens. I do think UConn might pull this out, uh, but I think it's going to be a close game regardless. So I'm not really too confident on that one. Number nine seed FAU, though, versus Tennessee, a Rick Barnes-led team at 9 p.m. FAU has won 33 games, if I'm not mistaken, lost only three. And they are a top 40 um, efficient team offensively and defensively. Granted, their conference is not too well. Conference USA, if I'm not mistaken. They did have UAB, so Birmingham out, or Alabama, Birmingham is a pretty decent team. But look to see how they will react to Tennessee, who is a real nitty-gritty, tough defensive team, like I said, led by Rick Barnes. I'm very curious how this is going to turn out. Uh, a lot of people have had FAU winning this game, but for me it's pretty tough to say they could win a game when I saw Tennessee, how well they played Duke. So I had Duke beating Tennessee uh, in that game, and obviously it didn't happen. So I'm really curious how it's going to play out. I'm definitely watching that game. I, I imagine Tennessee's going to win this game, but – it wouldn't shock me if FAU wins some way, somehow, just because the momentum in the tournament way of doing things. Uh, you know, who knows? They're going to try to maybe be a Butler or a VCU, make it to the Final Four, or make it to a championship game. Highly doubt it's going to happen, but we've seen crazy things. Then we got for the last game on Thursday, number three, Gonzaga versus number two, UCLA. So for number three, Gonzaga, now, Gonzaga, usually in years past, they've always been the top team. Everybody's always said in the West Coast Conference, they don't play nobody outside of maybe St. Mary's, which a lot of people discredit, such as myself. I had VCU beating them as a 12 seed. But Drew Timmy said it best, eight years in a row making a Sweet 16, I'm quoting him, like, we better fucking make it this time because there's been so many chances and so many times that they've just gotten to the tournament either 
left early. One year that did lose a UNC in a championship game, so we got to give him credit for that. But um, that was a tight game. But, you know, Gonzaga's been this tournament favored so many times. They got to get a win and, a you know, just a you know championship under their belt to help the stigma of their conference, which Gonzaga has looked into other conferences through speculation of joining. Uh, you know, granted, they don't have football, so they can't really, you know, add to the Pac-12 or anything like that. But it's really curious and really interesting to see, like, who would entertain Gonzaga. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, athletic department um, and, you know, how much re- revenue they generate. So outside of basketball, no clue. All I know, Spokane, Washington, I've driven through it. They call it Spoke Compton. That's what, the lo- that's what the locals say. So that's all you got to know. Now, they play number two UCLA. Now, my bracket, I did have Gonzaga playing UCLA in the Sweet 16. I think that's the only Sweet 16 matchup I had predicted like throughout. And, yes, it was. So I had Gazaga pulling out on it. I think Gazaga's gonna just I think Gazaga's gonna pull out with the leadership with Timmy. And I think fundamentally they're going to UCLA, I believe, is a better team, more athletic, more length. Gazaga, I just believe, will have the more veteran leadership to help get over the hump on that one. And for Friday, March twenty fourth, the last four matchups. San Diego State versus number one Alabama. I had Alabama playing UVA in this matchup. Obviously, UVA, uh, you know, disappointed, uh, shit the bed, so to speak. Still pretty unreal how that all happened. The guy had a timeout with seven seconds left, chucked the ball past half court, hoping the guy gets it, Furman intercepts it, makes a game-winning three, and the guy had a timeout the whole entire time. So that is tough, very tough, but – not if you're a guy that, that did a firm in money line. But San Diego State, they played number one Alabama, as I said. San Diego State, very tough defensive team. I'm not very impressed with the teams they played thus far. They played College of Charleston, the number 12 seed. And then they also played, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Furman. Yes, yeah, obviously Furman, we talked about it. So Furman also. And that game was kind of tight for uh, a point in time in the game too. So – I mean, you gotta think about it. You know, San Diego State played played a Conference USA. I'm not Conference USA. San Diego State played a Colonial CAA champion, and they also played a Furman, which is a SoCon champion. So, not big teams. San Diego State should always beat them, but yes, they didn't make it a tournament. So you gotta, you know, take it how it is. But now they're playing number one Alabama overall team. See how that works. I got number one Alabama. I think their offense is very lethal along with their defense. Uh, but their offense would be too much for San Diego State, I believe. So I got Alabama on that. Number five, Miami versus number one Houston. I think Miami's going to win this game. On my bracket, I had Houston playing Indiana. Obviously, Indiana didn't make it. I, had, I thought Indiana would beat Miami. And obviously, it didn't happen. But one thing with Houston – they're a really good defensive team, top of the nation also, but their offense is their Achilles heel sometimes. They will have minutes where they just cannot score a bucket. And if Sasser, their starting guard, he one, he's not 100% healthy. He pulled a groan like right at the very end of the American Athletic uh, Conference Championship or uh, basketball tournament. And if he doesn't score – nobody else can really generate a shot very well. They do have Walker, who's going to be a lottery pick, big man, but he's not a, he doesn't create his own shot like that. He's more 
you know, um, getting rebounds, put in the post, maybe do a shot here or there, but he's not a go-to facilitator, um, yet alone shot creator um, off the bounce. So I think Miami's going to win this game with Wong leading the way, ACC Player of the Year, and Jim Laranaga, Jim Laranaga making it back to the Sweet 16. I think he'll win this one over Samson and the boys. Then we got number 15, Princeton, versus number 6, Creighton at 9 p.m. This is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, I had NC State beating Creighton the first game of the year, or the first matchup in the first round for uh, you know Creighton versus NC State. Obviously it didn't work, work out, but Princeton versus Creighton. Is Princeton going to make a run? Obviously for them, they got to play very, very error-free. Creighton, don't turn the ball over. Princeton will try to take anything away from you, and they'll hold the ball, and they'll like hold the shot clock down. They want as many few possessions as possible because they don't have the athleticism or the speed to go fast and compete with Creighton on that. Uh, and Creighton's not that great of a fast-break team, but it's just that athletically and for recruiting-wise, they just have better all-around players, athletically gifted at least. So I can't really give a give a take on this one. I'm assuming Creighton's going to win this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Princeton wins either because of March Madness. Um, curious to see what the spreads will be on that. Then we got last one, number three, Xavier versus number two, Texas, 9.45 p.m., Xavier actually impressed me very well. They handled Pitt very well. Ended up, yeah, I, I, I had Pitt making it to Sweet 16 over Xavier. Xavier obviously proved me wrong. Texas has been very good, too. They're a very hot team. So, I think... I don't know what to think, to be honest with you. I think it's be very tough. I think it's be a very tough game. I can't even give a take on this. I'm going to take Xavier. I think I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like Xavier's won that game too. But I can be wrong. I mean, granted, you're talking to the guy that had Texas A&M beating uh, Texas in the second round too. So, I don't know. Just it's some funky things. It's a wide-open tournament. Wide-open things happen and crazy things happen at the same time. So, I mean, that, that's just my take. Take it for what it is. Uh, but that is the matchups for C16. We'll obviously conclude, or not conclude, but – progress with Elite Eight, Final Four, then the championship game to see how everything goes. I'm very curious, but also at the same time, I'm very just, one, very awestruck that some of these matchups even happen because never would have thought this before ever. But secondly, just admiring what is happening right now. So we'll see if, if Princeton does make it to Elite Eight or if FAU does. That'll just help the story, and you know, you know, the Cinderella is the Cinderella gonna make it to the next round, the next, the next, the next. Last year, St. Peter's made it to the lead eight, got smashed by UNC. So their luck lasted three games, got to the fourth game, completely got washed, but they made it there. But you know, Butler with Gordon Hayward years ago versus Duke, they almost pulled off the the Cinderella from just making it. In the tournament, not not as big of a school as a team, not a big you know blue blood so to speak, and made the tournament final, lost at the buzzer, as the half court heat by Gordon Hayward almost made it in, uh, but then you also got the cardiac pack too. But NC State is a power five team, ACC. Whether you're a, you're a pack fan or not, they're still 
you know, a well-recognized school. Obviously, in the 80s, they made their cardiac pack run. And we still hear about it this day, to this day, 30 for 30s and everything. So, uh, But with that being said, I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, this was, of course, the, the you know my take on the Sweet 16. If you all got any questions, concerns, let me know. I probably might have said some picks some don't agree with, but that's just my opinion. I'm kind of out of it now because my bracket's completely washed too, but I'm sure a lot of people's is at the same time. But anyways, this will conclude this take and the segment at least. Uh, now tune in to the Elite Eight podcast. That'll be happening here. Uh, I'll probably have that by Monday or Tuesday, so tune into that. Other than that, Appreciate it very much, y'all. You have a great rest of the week, and let's see how these games go. All right. Thank you very much.